Come with me and you'll see All the junk we stash behind the curtain There is no word I know In this world that rhymes with curtain I'm fairly certain Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another fantastic episode of Behind the Curtain, I am the lovable game master, Spencer Borup, joined once again by the fabulous and terrific mother of all mothers. <laughs> anyway, this is a very, very special episode of Behind the Curtain. Not only are we celebrating the release of episode 10, 10. but we are also joined by the entire cast of Gathering of the Ages. Woohoo! Um, Stop stealing his material. Quit stealing my huzzah, you dirty, like, dirty totally, man. Did you see him? That Zachary is my huzzah. Looking at Zacharias. It's like the, the huzzah showdown over there. We're just gazing at each other. It's the death stare. <laughs> Why don't you both say it? Share, friends. Huzzah. How would you solve your problem? Huzzah! Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I think see, my ears That's why I in. don't get enthusiastic. There was a big old spike in the sound check right there. <laughs> uh, anyway, we wanted I wanted to bring everybody on because it's, you know, it's a very special episode. I feel like everybody had moments in this episode. Uh and you know, I just I kind of wanted to to see thoughts. Uh we I wanted to start with Philip and the the Gibbs confrontation. Um I know that you had had that plan for a while. Yeah, and you made me stew for it over a week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but he wanted you to be ready to battle, and he picked a great day because Philip had a bad day at work today. I know. I was so ready to just take my entire day out on this sad little NPC that, <laughs> <laughs> Poor that, Gibbs. that, that Spencer just had in the wings. <laughs> he never saw it coming. Yeah, so it was fun. It, it, it was fun. Um. I know before we we started, you you said uh, just let it play out like a cutscene, but I really I really wanted combat to happen or something in case it did get to that point, and so that's why I had, uh, you know, you roll for initiative, um, and you know I thought for a minute that it was kind of kind of pointless, but at the same time, you know, things could have gone that way, um, but mom, you know, yeah, we talked about this that. You know, we kind of well, and we just had a really research type episode, and then we had a Marcus heavy episode. So a lot of, not a whole lot of action, uh -huh. but a lot of behind the scenes and thinking and learning and character motivation. And so I think you were kind of looking for a, <coughs> a confrontation, looking of some for a sort. fight. Yeah. Yeah. So hey, let's yeah. have a good fight. And then it did not turn out. Yeah. Let's send like, arguably the weakest party yeah. member against somebody alone. <laughs> yeah. That's a wah, great idea. Wah, wah. <laughs> And you know, I I nerfed him, and you know he would. And maybe that was the problem. But I again, there's no way I could have competed with a 24 intimidate check. <laughs> I mean, even if I rolled a natural 20, I still don't think the guy would have. The guy didn't have very good will. So I mean, there's no way Gibbs would have made the intimidate check. Like he would have passed it. So I think he was terrified of what was going on in the hut. Um, do do you have like? 
inspiration behind that or like where did that come from uh i just went through every single zero level spell that i had that i could that i could cast quickly and what would set up a good scene and turns out the witches have uh at my level uh, at my level on the witch spell list i don't have a lot of high damaging spells a lot of my spells are kind of atmosphere and just but they're when used in the right context, they're really scary. <laughs> and like well, putrefy so- food and drink is one of my favorites. I thought it was pretty exciting to see Spark used right, too. Yeah, and, yeah Spark was <laughs> After fun. I tried to misuse that a couple episodes ago, so that was fun <laughs> to see it. Oh, wow, this can be a good spell. So that was exciting for me. And I, I, I just love the way you handle things afterwards. You're just like this little kid running back through town. Help! There's a fire. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, back to back to sweet men. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was kind of sad because then you were kind of out of the episode. After yeah, that. I know. Yeah. Like, jump back that, in that was time, it. But so. I, I had. He got up and left like four different times. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Uh, we, how much time do we have before uh, Gibbs gets back to his hut? Uh, four, eight hours. Okay, yeah, I can get I, <laughs> stand up and get a drink. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I just I just had a lot of fun with that. I thought it it was you know it was it was short. You know it was kind of like a two part min special. We had the back half of nine, where you were out out there scoping things out, exploring the farm. Um, you know you kind you kind of got into the into the mindset of Gibbs as well, in that where he just kind of let things go. Um, like I don't I don't know how much more you're gonna find out about him, but I mean. I can I can explain if you want me to I can give you a little peek. That was the into... thing in the in the episode was um you know like uh, the average investigator we we watch a lot of crime shows where like the the question is like why why did you do that horrible thing and the suspect gives like this long backstory and uh, we got in when we got into the scene and I thought maybe give him a chance to tell a story or and I got into Min's headset and Min just did not care. Yeah. Like there's no good enough reason to sympathize with killing your sibling to in men's head. Well, there really isn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, um like I I don't I don't know where else it'll it'll come out. Um but it it is a kind of an interesting story. Uh Gibbs is Gibbs had a brother Barnes and they and so they they were on the farm with their parents and then the parents died. Gibbs and, and Barnes took over the farm, and then one night, Gibbs was insanely drunk, came home, uh, they started arguing, uh, presumably about the farm and the state that it was starting to come into, Gibbs smashed a bottle, and just jammed it into his brother's face, that's why the teeth were missing. Hey. That's horrible. It's kind of Thanks like a Cain and Abel situation. <laughs> yeah, it kind of kind of is. And Gibbs is the older. Gibbs was the older brother. Um, so it was a mystery that really didn't do anything to help our story along. No, but it we was at least solve a mystery in the town. Something I really liked how it just kind of timed out in the episode was it. It was during the conversation that the other characters were having about family. How Artrilla doesn't get family, and how. Parad and Marcus are both like family is everything. Family yeah. is so important. And then we cut to where Min is uh, in a very dark place, getting ready to punish somebody for, you know, debasing that thing oh, that you guys are talking about. about. Didn't even put that together. Mm-hmm. Who, someone who's like turned their who destroyed their own family. Yeah. Huh. Um. And you know, 
you don't know what Gibbs was like as a kid. Um, this, I guess is a prick. I'm thinking the same as he is now as a jerk. <laughs> you know, and it, like I don't, I don't want to get too deep into it, but this town is very heavy in religion, and you know, so and and you know, you hear stories about kids that grow up in these like super religious towns. They get it crammed down their throats, and then they hate it, and they end up being like you know, bad people or whatever. Not mm-hmm. always, but I know I know it's just like a, a an example. It's natural to, to rebel. To, it's a, like the, he rebelled, but then not only did he rebel, but he went like extremely off the deep end and then and then lost control of his actions when he was drunk and then ended up killing his brother. So, yeah, but, but like you said, not helping the, the main story, but it's like a side quest. Yeah, but I then thought we get was to interesting. See, you know, a little bit more about what motivates men. Mm-hmm. So that was that was interesting to me yeah. to find out. Very interesting. So, yeah, it was fun to play a different side of him. But like, he's he's fun to play in that he's cute and mm-hmm. easygoing and doesn't always know what's going on. And then he's got those moments where he just flips and he has he goes to a very dark places. I mean, the characters <laughs> haven't seen this yet, but it was fun for me as the play. Yeah, you know, no, you guys still yeah. have no idea. So. <laughs> Yeah. I imagine he's just going to stroll in next week. Hi, everybody. What's going on? Like yeah. nothing happened. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering what will happen, how we'll treat that, how he'll, we'll find out. If, if we'll if, find if out. If you find out. Yeah. Well, Gibbs has got to go turn himself into the sheriff, so I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. If there. he knows what's good for him, he'll turn himself into the sheriff. I think, I think he was going to. <laughs> um, and then leading up to the whole parade and Marcus thing yeah. about family that was finally fun for yeah. me. I was so excited. I got to see some little bit of background character stuff. When did you come up? Because I know, I know you hadn't, you didn't have a deity, and then and uh, I just, I was actually reading through every mm-hmm. single one, uh, through every page, and then I came across Arastil, and uh, one of her titles was uh, Goddess of Family. God. 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 Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I just thought it kind of fit with. My mm-hmm. pre-written backstory uh, before that point um, of how he was basically disowned by not only his his half orc family mm-hmm. but his whole community uh, and it, and oh having, we haven't learned that yet okay. no and having to travel <laughs> around basically by himself with only a sister who decided to stay with him after that point oh I'm even more excited to find out about Parad <laughs> um, and then getting to the point where he had the chance and successfully made a secondary family with the professor and Kendra, who even after all these years, he still views his family, even though she has no clue who he is. Yeah. Um, but that's basically how I decided upon uh, Ross still. So. Oh, cool. Was kind how of old was really is cool. Parade? Because, uh, I mean, Kendra's like, what, 30s? Yeah, we decided yeah. she was in her 30s. So you got to be like... So he's like 40-something yeah, at, at least. least late 40s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what you said on your character sheet. Mm-hmm. He's cut yeah. for being so, late 40s in that time period. Yeah, yeah. Late, late 40s, early 50s. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny, though, because Marcus came out. We got <laughs> kind of on a tangent about families, and we didn't find out how the professor saved Parade mm-hmm. other than let him live with him. So I'm wondering if there's more to the story than that that we get to find out about. You'll just have to keep listening episode. to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to just like break down the episode and talk about all the the really cool character moments. Um, the next one that happened was the the 
Tavern. Yay, our and Artrilla. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the chugging games. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. I Marcus that was and Parod. So funny. And then Artrilla and Parod, just of, of really all people. I really wanted to beat you. I really wanted to roll <laughs> harder than you. I really did. That would have been so funny. But it kind of fit that I didn't. So it was, you know, she is only three foot three. So she really out drink you. But I thought that was fun. And then it was fun that you had him be a jokester, I thought. Yeah. I love that part because that's so her. So I don't know. I just had a lot of fun this episode with Artrilla. Yeah. That was a good one. It was. Um, like Got the... to see a little bit more into her mindset, too. Yeah. We know what she doesn't want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. She's, she's very, I, I just, I feel like Artrilla is kind of an open book. You think that, but... except for when it comes to grief, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, insults. There's, there's some stuff she's not comfortable with yet. That yeah, she's not telling you all. So, um, you know, the food, which is a nice little thing that they did in the book. They just came up with. They just had those in there, I and I was, was like, so I was like, this is like Artrilla's home so away fun. from home. Yeah. And yeah, how come we haven't gone here before? <laughs> I keep trying to go to the bar. <laughs> By the way, I just want you all to know, I do not condone drinking of any kind. <laughs> or the smoking of smoke. pesh. I don't smoke pesh. I've never tried that. I'm none of that. I've I never done anything. I so. condone it so hard. <laughs> he is not a member of my family. <laughs> Hence I was gonna, the I was condoning. That, that disclaimer, you know, disclaimer from the lawyers and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Anyway. So I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, She's just so the opposite of me. That I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, I've never done any of the stuff she does. I never stand out for myself like that. Uh-huh. I mean, I'd rather avoid the conflict than get into it with somebody. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Unless it's one of you guys. And then just don't mess with me. But, yeah. It's it's just been fun. It's That's why I'm enjoying this game so much. Because yeah. you can totally be somebody you're not. Yeah. And it was... It was a little bit hard, though, coming up with some of that stuff against family, though. Like, not understanding that family. Because, to me, family is everything. Like, I totally could. I was with you guys going, yeah, family's everything. I don't understand. But our troll is like, I don't get it. I don't understand. And that's how she is. So, it was just interesting to play that opposite of me. Mm-hmm. So, The beauty of Pathfinder. Had a fun time, mm-hmm. yeah. That's why I want y'all to play. Um, I want to get people to play. The final character moment. Uh you know, we had we had a really heavy Marcus episode in episode nine, so he didn't, you know, kind of took a back seat in this one. Uh, still had his had his moments, uh, especially talking about his, you know, his past briefly. Uh, but the final character moment from the episode was uh, Lyra, where she you know approached the sheriff once again, and uh, it's interesting because Lyra in one episode was was kind of the de facto leader and she's she's like you know she's to me is more of the investigative type and she's the one out doing the research and asking the questions i think she's found a lot of the research as well on the prison and and different things like that uh the town itself what were some of your favorite moments from that did you have any i kind of liked the struggle of connecting with with other people in general mm-hmm. specifically the sheriff like i couldn't quite figure out a way to sympathize with him when it came to the body mm-hmm. of the zombie professor <laughs> more and more like he's just laying there on a table in his office and he has no idea what to do with it 
And I mean, the only thing I could think of was, you know, I don't know, you just got to like burn it. <laughs> Very insensitive way yeah. to handle that as a cleric. So I, you know, to put it to rest properly wouldn't make sense because he's already, mm-hmm. we already buried him. Yeah. So it would be weird to go out and like bury him again. Burn it so he suspicious. doesn't come back again. <laughs> so really brainstorming through that was kind of interesting for me. I'm, I'm glad you explained that because I couldn't figure out why as a cleric you wouldn't want to rebury it. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you explained that. Good. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a, it's, not it's not natural. Him and, yeah, that's yeah, and true. It's, and it wouldn't make sense to the townspeople. Mm-hmm. So to just kind of... That at, makes way more sense to me now. At Good. night, like yeah. the weather's cleared up. It might be a little cool. Have a bonfire and <laughs> use the zombie as spark. Pull out your weenies and your marshmallows. <laughs> we'll have men come make spark it. Yeah, <laughs> And that's a bonfire i'm i'm happy to mess that's disgusting that's one thing i thought of too because she also has spark as mm-hmm. a spell so I, that was the only thing i could think of to help that poor guy just put the body in a metal trash can in his office set it on fire and just let it burn inside the office put the body in the awful. trash can burn the trash can chop it up into little pieces that flush it down so the toilet fish awful. it out burn it again guys are awful um it's it's you know Something she mentioned that I want to get uh, Marcus's stand on. She mentioned how she wouldn't want to bury it again. Well, Marcus, is this something Marcus would want to? Would Marcus want to rebury a body that's already been buried? How does how does um, he handle undead? Uh, once they're no longer functioning or like threatening in any way, they're still technically that person's body. Yeah, he thinks they should still be buried unless they're like necrocrafts or something that was like sewn mm. together mm-hmm. or like a zombie that is too far gone to even recognize what they once were yeah it's interesting huh i, I just i just that. wanted to get uh, another like another view on the same subject i want to ask lyra or jess another question we brought up a couple episodes ago that we felt as if lyra was emerging as the leader of our group mm-hmm. though she's like She's not like the obvious leader because she's not the strength and the out front fighting, mm-hmm. but she's like this quiet background type person, yet she is the seems to be emerging as a leader. Mm-hmm. Do you feel as if you're emerging as the leader? It's it's funny you say that because I I don't see it and Lyra doesn't picture it as being a leader. She doesn't see herself as a leader. Well, see, Artrilla Tolly sees herself as a leader, but she has said in one of the journals that she feels like everybody listens to you more. And so she's going to let you be the leader. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. her her whole thinking, because really nobody is listening to her. She's too full of herself and too busy thinking about her. Mm-hmm. So to me, you're emerging as the leader because Marcus still has doubts about why he's even yeah. here. Nobody's going to listen to crazy little men. I'm sorry. Especially after <laughs> no, tonight's. No. After, so. Yeah, after tonight's. Yeah. And Parade is, again, he's too quiet and he's more of the protector of the group than, mm-hmm. say, the leader. He is more the Aegis than the uh, yes. than the sword that cuts the road forward, <laughs> as it were. I don't know. She just seems like she's got the head on uh-huh. her shoulder. So you're really not seeing that as Lyra or as Jess? No, because Lyra sees this as a group effort. She couldn't have figured a lot of what she a lot of the brainstorming Lyra has trying to figure out questions or where to go or how to approach things isn't possible for her to accomplish without you guys. Yeah. Which is true. I mean, I can see that. We are a group, but every group needs some kind of, like, if we had to take a vote, we'd need a deciding factor. Mm. And I feel like it's always going to come down to you. I, <laughs> I I almost feel like we've seen it a couple times. 
I mean, kind of yeah. with the thing with Marcus already wanting to take it back. And you said, no, I think we need to go to Sheriff. But then you said, let's go home. Everybody kind of went home. Yeah, everybody's kind <laughs> so, of followed you. It's interesting. So, yeah, I think you are emerging as this leader, even though you don't see it and Lara mm -hmm. doesn't see it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Does anybody yeah. else see that? Am I alone in well, thinking this? You know, pro like you said, process of elimination. Who's most qualified? Marcus doesn't like to make decisions. Parade barely talks. Archrell is <laughs> way too into herself <laughs> to think of the group. And Min so <laughs> is been established crazy. as crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, true. That's another one by process of elimination. Yeah. Unless you think you're the leader over there, sitting all quiet and stoic. <laughs> well, for, for me as a player, it's really interesting because personally, I think Parad has the qualities of being a leader, but it's it's the fact that he doesn't put himself out there um, and, like, take charge basically oh. ever. So maybe we'll see him step into that role at some point maybe maybe yeah. might I, be interesting to see where this goes and who emerges as maybe our natural leader time will tell <laughs> yeah i think parad and lyra are still kind of blooming into the comfort zone of opening up to these other you know, yeah i mean we've, we've seen <laughs> we've seen parad open up already uh -huh. to our trilla and lyra about his family a little bit so we've got a little bit from you we still haven't got much from lyra i mean we don't know pretty and mm. hardly anything about mm -hmm. her no background story at all yet. I don't even know if she has parents. A half elf that fights with a whip and a pole. Yeah, that's <laughs> about it. And who she worships, and that she's quiet and thoughtful. I don't even mm -hmm. think she shared with us who she worships. Yeah, like, no, she yeah, did. Yeah, she did. Oh, last like week. I, I thought that was just Jess talking, not the. <laughs> oh, um, that's true. We did. True. Really... I don't know. If we I thought really that was out of character. character. We just kind of went around the table, uh -huh. and you're like, "Surprise! What deity or god <laughs> yeah. did she choose?" Yeah. That was. You're right. So she Surprise, really hasn't everybody. even shared much with the group at all mm -hmm. interesting and yet she is kind of the de facto leader interesting interesting yeah, the least that we know about her is she just got a she's she had that presence something else i like about lyra is you know clerics and other like divine cat they're usually relegated to kind of this otherworldly like really spiritual uh spiritual types and lyra has, thus far has just shown herself to be like really practical like you were saying about the body like mm -hmm. That you'd think a cleric, oh, let's bury it and give him the rights and all that rigmarole. But you were like, no, let's do the safe thing and just burn him. Yeah, <laughs> she is very practical. It's, she's more of an open thinker. Like, yeah. like uh, Zach over there likes to say she's the hippie, she's <laughs> you know, the hippie cleric. She kind of is in a way. She's mm -hmm. kind of free thinking, open, mm -hmm. open minded. Yeah. I would yeah. almost say open minded more than free spirit, yeah. free thinking. I would too. It's a good way to Because she takes her. everybody's opinion mm -hmm. into account and then kind of balances it out. The, Very interesting. Yeah, backtracking slightly to the whole thing with uh, the the two leader candidates, basically, um, I thought it was very intriguing how both of them are very shy, quiet people. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. At by nature, but they're still they, they're still candidates to mm -hmm. be the leader, and how this group is like such large combination of oddballs yeah how really. we really don't fit in uh -huh. anywhere we really don't and yeah. but ultimately i think in the end it'll benefit us more than any of us can even imagine that's true we got yeah. the loudmouth gnome we got the crazy <laughs> halfling we got the con man and the hippie and the bounty hunter yeah <laughs> it's a really odd odd it's group yeah um, I don't know if all Pathfinder groups are like this. Are they always this odd, or mm. do they seem to mesh better? And I don't know. It I have no depends. experience. Uh, 
Glass Cannon did talk about how in the beginning, the original four, kind of it was kind of an odd party makeup there too, with a witch, a gunslinger, a ranger, and a cleric. Yeah. Uh, but that's the more like varied your party is, the I it's been said the greater chance of survival you guys have and the greater chance because you of, have more to give each other yeah mm-hmm. and the greater chance of like furthering the story oh interesting yeah. interesting it is um just on the on the note of of leaders i was looking on i was on facebook and i saw a picture of pack of wolves and the the way the way the wolves are made up is they put the oldest in the front in the very front and they're, you know, kind of the lookout, and they're in the front so that, like, if anybody sneaks up behind, the oldest or the safest in case of an attack from the back, which people oh. usually come through. And then the next five in line are are five of the strongest in the pack. Then in the middle, you've got the, the younglings and the, the, the women in the pack and, like, the not, you know, the, the, the less stronger in the pack just you know protected and then behind them you have another really strong set of five but in the very back in the very very back the person that you know watches the wolf that watches over everything and is and is able to break off if if something sneaks in or charges them is able to break off and and do what it needs to do is the leader leaders in the back of the pack and i didn't know that i found it very interesting i just feel like that's kind of our party You've got the quiet people in the back slowly pushing things in the direction that they want it to go, and you know, but and they're as we've as we've said, they're kind of the leaders of the group. So yeah, very interesting. I'm excited to see where to, I'm excited things to see go. where this all plays out. Yeah. Um, and don't forget tomorrow, the 30th of May, uh, at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, we're going to be having our giveaway. Everybody's going to be there. We're going to be discussing favorite moments of the podcast leading up to episode 10. We're going to be answering questions that you guys might have. And then we'll we'll do a giveaway. We've got a couple sweet prizes to give away. And if you want in, uh, you're, you're already in. But if you want to participate and and interact with us, uh, you know, tune in at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um any other closing thoughts from the rest of you? Technically, me and Phil are still at PaizoCon. <laughs> <laughs> at the time of this recording. <laughs> but they'll right, be there tomorrow. Yeah. Um, anything else from you know, anybody? Thanks for coming on, you guys, yeah, and thank sharing you. our back behind the curtains with us. It was fun. We hope you guys enjoy listening to us. We can't believe that we have 10 episodes out right now we're extremely grateful yay for us we're hitting we have two digits now (laughs) (laughs) we're extremely grateful for everybody that's listened to us and continues to listen to us uh without you guys we wouldn't have a podcast so well we would would, it's just nobody would nobody would be listening to it so (laughs) thanks for listening to us (laughs) so Anyway, we hope you guys have an excellent week. We will see you on Wednesday, on Tuesday for the giveaway, and then Wednesday with another fantastic episode, episode 11 of the podcast. Yay! So, anyway, have a nice week, you guys. Bye. Bye. Come with me and you'll see All the junk we stash behind the curtain There is no word I 
know in this world that rhymes with curtain. I'm fairly certain.